Welcome to Women Leading the Way radio show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations, and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Barbara Eldridge, your host for Trend Setting Women, and our topic today is Busy is the New Lazy. <laughs> and our leading lady today is Margot Garcia. She owns Great Leader Coaching. Welcome and good morning to you, Margot. Good morning, Barbara. Uh, you know, um, so people know a little bit more about you. I know you came out of uh, the HR uh, part of business, and so I'm, I'm really curious to start off with asking you, how did your experience in HR lead you to working to grow managers into becoming, becoming leaders? Why don't you share a little bit about that with us? Absolutely. Thanks for asking. HR is all about the people on the team, bringing in the right folks, making sure the environment, the work experience is safe, encouraging innovation, and allowing people to do their best work. What I learned in 30 years in HR, regardless of the size of the organization or whether it was public or private, is that every employee deserves to work for a great boss. And I believe that the organization has a responsibility to develop the leadership so that every employee can work for a great boss. Leadership can be taught. It's a muscle. It's something you exercise to get better at. And the mistake I see um, when we start talking about leadership is that we naturally look at the external stuff. We focus on whether you're leading a team, a department, or the whole organization. And while that's important, because there are lessons to be learned and skills to be honed at the different levels as you move up the ladder in the corporate arena or as you build out your business, you need to start with yourself, doing the work to become the best leader you can be. And Barbara, to do that requires self-awareness. In my experience, that isn't something that comes naturally to a lot of people in positions of leadership, nor is it something that's taught in business school. At least it wasn't when I was getting my MBA. The best, most effective leaders that I've worked with all have a highly developed sense of themselves. They know who they are. They know their point of view. They have articulated their core values and have a vision for themselves and for their organizations. They've developed the ability to see themselves the way other people see them. And they spend a lot of time and focus and have integrity around making sure that they're walking their talk, that they're doing what they say they're going to do. Every employee deserves to work for a boss like that. So my work in HR and now my work as a coach is to help good managers show up as the leaders they want to be, the leaders that their organizations need them to be. 
So you say so you're saying that you have to help them draw that out of themselves is what I'm hearing. Yeah, starts with how, them. How 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 challenging is that? <laughs> well, I think that the key there is that people have to want to show up differently. Mm-hmm. Um if you're simply telling somebody that they have to show up differently, you're going to get pushback. Mm-hmm. Um, but if somebody is, is, has recognized in themselves that they're not as effective as they want to be, they're not getting the results that they want, then we can have a conversation about, well, it needs to start with you. Oh, oh wow. Wow. So do they come to you or does the company refer them to you? Um, both. <laughs> oh, okay. um, I have, I have um, directors and some VPs who are working with me directly paying me themselves because it's that mm-hmm. important to them. And I have a couple Great. of clients who are um, actually the company is, um, has hired me to work with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they, they, see a, they see something in them that they think can be brought out better. Yeah. And these are generally successful, accomplished people that have some rough edges or they are people who they're grooming to a C-level position, or mm-hmm. they're folks that, and these are actually my favorite people to deal with, the ones who their upward mobility has stalled. They, mm-hmm. um, the people are leaving. You know, they don't want to work with them anymore. And the, anymore. The, the senior manager, the director, they have no clue that it's because of them. Mm-hmm. So okay. I, I get to be the one to hold up a mirror and say, you know, this is how other people are seeing you. Are you okay with that? <laughs> wow. Now, how, how does it work? How well does it work with men? I, I'm just kind of curious about that. So it may be interesting for you to hear, but the majority of my clients are men. <laughs> Wow! Wow! Yeah, I um, I have um, I have women clients. I will Mm -hmm. tell you that my work with them often goes faster, um, has more velocity Mm -hmm. to it than um, Mm -hmm. than with some of my my male clients. But yeah, I have mostly men client right now. Right now, I love it. I love it. It didn't start. You know, I didn't start out that way, but that's that's how it's ended up. That's how it ended up. Well, um, you know, I know you, you've been doing some research, and I'm, I'm kind of want, you know, our title of this uh, podcast um, is Busy is the New Lazy, and I know you've been doing some research and writing on, on that topic, and so yeah. I'm curious to know more about what it's about. Well, thank you. Um, lazy is a very charged word. It implies idleness and lack of action, and there's some real negativity there because you're procrastinating, putting things off, avoiding something. But I submit to you that the opposite is also true, that being busy or overscheduled or overcommitted can be a form of avoidance and procrastination too. Busy as the New Lazy came about because I was looking for answers to how my life had gotten so out of whack. And I'll share with you three of the things that I used to say all the time, and let me know if you think that they'll resonate with your audience. The first one is, I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel, running hard, getting nowhere. Totally, totally. Yeah, I'm crazy busy, way too much to do, never enough time to get it done. 
Yes, yes, and, keep on going. <laughs> and the third one is, and this is the heartbreaking one, is this all there is? I've worked so hard to get everything I thought I ever wanted or needed. Why am I not happy? Wow, that's a heavy one. Yeah. You know, I complained and struggled with all three of those statements because I was always at work. I was never home, and if I was, I was totally exhausted. I was wearing busy or being busy as a badge of honor. Now, I'll tell you, I loved my job. I was really good at it. I felt so needed. It made me feel purposeful and important. But I'd have whole conversations with people about who was busier. And the one who was most sleep-deprived <laughs> was somehow the winner. I mean, it was insanity. I would I hear, tell I, you that my, I hear, yeah. I hear the busyness also. You know, you're talking from the corporate level. I, I see that in, in my small business owners, they feel so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is very interesting. Continue on. I, I just really, really want to be able to bring some of this to the table for them. So tell me more. Okay. Well, I would tell you that my family was most important to me. But if you looked at my calendar, you'd see that that's, that wasn't where I was putting my time and attention. I was totally out of balance, out of integrity, and miserable. So the research and the writing started out as a self-help project, working on myself. <laughs> mm. um, and it, it pointed me to a whole new definition of lazy. And here's what I came up with. When someone has the ability to do something, they're capable, and they know that they ought to do something, they should do it, but they're unwilling to do it or choose not to because of the extra effort involved. Mm-hmm. So with that mm. definition, yeah, with that definition, I, it was easy to see how I was, and I think <laughs> three ways in, in which a lot of people use busyness as laziness. And I'll, I'll go through those right now. The first mm-hmm. one is it's an excuse. <laughs> it gets you out of having to honor your commitments to the people who are important to you. For me, mm-hmm. it was, sorry, mommy can't go on your field trip, or I can't play with you right now, or I can't go to your game because I'm busy. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't a parent, maybe you have a partner or a boss that you sometimes put off by saying you're too busy. It's like using a get-out-of-jail-free card for Monopoly. Uh, when you pull it out, everybody understands. They empathize because they do it too. Um, I used it as a way of not having to look at the changes I would have to make in my life to find more balance, to find more ease. You call that, are you calling that avoidance or is that something different? It's, it's, it absolutely is avoidance. Absolutely is avoidance. Mm. The, the wow. second way, yeah, the second way mm-hmm. that I was using busyness as laziness is by not being in control, not having a say or a choice in the matter. You know, there's no mindfulness or intentionality when you allow yourself to be directed by exclusively by external forces or other people's schedules. And I know mm-hmm. how impossible that sounds because, of course, if you're working for other people, you're required to do certain things at certain times. And if you have kids or parents you're taking care of, your time isn't your own to schedule. And if you're a business owner, the demands of running the business uh, determine how you schedule your time. 
But if you allow external forces to control all of your time, you may want to take a look at to see if there's something underneath that, something that's important that you're, you're avoiding. And finally, um, the, the big one is not prioritizing. Um, some of your audience may be familiar with Stephen Covey and the time management matrix that he introduced in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Highly Effective People. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in there, he takes a look at how we spend our time and whether it's on urgent and important matters or not important, not urgent things. So imagine a grid with four quadrants. Easy to spend time in the urgent, important box because that's where our deadlines live, the crisis, the real emergencies. We have to pay attention to that stuff because it's right in our face. And it's easy to spend time in the not urgent, not important box because that's where we escape by binge-watching an entire series on TV or spending (laughs) hours gaming or getting lost on social media. It's less easy to focus or schedule your time for things in the urgent but not important box. And that's where we do our planning, problem-solving, problem prevention, the deep work on ourselves and on building healthy relationships. Cubby refers to it as sharpening our saw. And since we don't naturally go there as we do the other two boxes, it's important that you actually schedule time for the activities in this area. So I hope it helped you see that if busyness is about avoidance and procrastination and lazy is about avoidance and procrastination, ergo, busy is lazy. Busy is lazy. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I had, hadn't heard the word procrastination until just, just a, a couple of seconds ago. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, how does – is it the difference between postponing something and procrastinating on something? What, what do you see as the difference? Yeah. That's a a good distinction. Um, Simply postponing a task um, for a good or constructive or strategic reason isn't procrastination. The postponement has to result in a cost to you. So let's say you Mm -hmm. put off your taxes because you um, need more time to gather all the paperwork or you just hate crunching all the numbers, so you wait until the last minute. That's not procrastination. Mm -hmm. If you put it off so long, though, that you incur a fine, that's procrastination. There has to be some sort of a cost, and whether it's shame or guilt or, in that example, you know, money. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot hang, of other ways that we procrastinate, too. Hang, hang on one second. I think we're going to sure. take a quick, quick moment and recognize one of our sponsors. Wonderful. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. At Microsoft, our focus is on technology and that it's a powerful force for good. So we really appreciate the sponsorship of Microsoft, and thank you to all of our partners and sponsors. And now, Barbara, back to you. Thank you, and welcome back, Margo, Margo Garcia. Uh, and looking at uh, busy is the new lazy here, and, and I, I just – kind of wanted to have you finish up on the procrastination postponing situation uh, in order to uh, find out how people can deal with it better. Yeah. 
So there's um, four things that I talk to my clients about, and all four are really easy. But, Barbara, all four are really hard to do. <laughs> the, the first one, I mean, these people are going to go, well, duh. But, I mean, they're easy to say. They're really hard to do. The first one is get enough sleep. And this is really hard because, you know, sleep is the key to our ability to be at our best, to focus, to be in control, and to make good choices. And we all know that when our energy is low, um, so is your willpower. It's easy to get yourself distracted or to procrastinate when you're tired. Um, and this was an area where I really fell down when I was, was working in the corporate arena. I used to use as many waking hours as I could to get stuff done, telling myself that I'd catch up on my sleep later. But sleep isn't a luxury. It's, it's a necessity, and there's just tons of research out there showing the connection between lack of sleep and accidents and illness. So you've got to find a way to get enough sleep. Uh, the second point is start small but start. So if you were thinking about the sleep thing, if you can just find a way to get 20 more minutes um, and then build from there, you'll start feeling better, you'll start, your head will be clearer, and you'll have more energy. But, to, you know, so start. Even if it's 15, 20 minutes more a night, start. Um, I know for, for, for procrastinators, the first step is always the hardest. You know, we wait for that burst of inspiration that never comes, and so we never start. Um, what I've learned from working with clients is that motivation comes after you begin. Once you're wow. the set recommendation is you start small. Um, the third one is know what's most important to you. Do the work to define your core values. Write them down. Use them as a touchstone so that you look at your calendar to, um, to see where you're putting your time and attention. You can see if you're in sync and alignment with what you say is important to you or if, like me, we're totally out of whack, out of balance, out of alignment. And then the fourth thing is to ask for help. I know sometimes it feels like you may be the only one juggling all the things you're juggling or struggling the way you are, but trust me, you're, you're not alone. Reach out to someone to talk to, to get support, to, you know, delegate some of the stuff that's on your plate. Pay for help if you need to. Whatever you can do to lighten your load so you can focus on what's really most important to you. You know, I, I have to say, you know, you know I work with the very small business owners. And, you know, just them coming together as, as a group, you know, they're reaching out to each other for the same thing. And, and mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. Having, having someone to say, you know, it, not necessarily hold me accountable for that, but at least speaking it so that they're making that commitment to themselves um, so that they can, they can move on. I, I think, you know, the thing about taking small steps, that's always been my mantra for, for my small business owners, you know, even in mm -hmm. their planning take you know to do a plan that's in small steps and you'll you will get there but you have to you know take take those because of all the other things that are on your plate so yeah. wow it, it's uh it's an interesting interesting thing so um so do people really admit to you that they procrastinate when you're working with them <laughs> or do you draw if that out of them it's <laughs> 
if they're being honest with themselves, it, it will often come out. And, and that's really what it is. In my coaching conversations, I, I try and create a safe enough space and ask them questions to get to what's at the heart of or what's beneath their behavior. And I don't um, have to tell them, gosh, I think it sounds like you're procrastinating. By <laughs> asking questions, they can come to the, oh, wow, I've really been procrastinating on that, haven't I? So it's, it's more of a drawing out the self-awareness. And, again, if they're being honest with themselves, they'll see it. Wow, wow. Um, well, you know, I think one of the things that has created a lot of um, – I don't want to, whether we want to label it procrastination or whether we want to label it lazy um, or busy has been the COVID um, mm. lockdown and, and all of that. So um, how has COVID impacted um, your clients or the work that you do? Um, and um, tell me, tell me what, what's happening out there. Are, um, are they as frustrated as all of my small business owners? <laughs> You know, Barbara, this time last year, we were just getting into all of the restrictions and the lockdowns, and it was, you know, a a crazy, fearful time for a lot of people. We were facing panic and anxiety and, in some cases, death. So it it was a very scary time, and a lot of people did um, retract, pull into themselves. Um, But today, you know, just – just a year, I know it was a long year, but just a year later, um, now that people are getting vaccinated and things are starting to open up, I hear clients saying different things. Um, they're, they're tired of acting out of fear. They're tired of second-guessing themselves and wondering if they have what it takes to go through yet another disappointment or another loss or another challenge. They want to step out, you know, out from under those restrictions that have been placed on them and, in many cases, the restrictions that they've imposed on themselves. So we're in a renaissance, you know, in a, in a way. Um, in, in my business, I see clients looking for um, more openness and flexibility and ease and joy um, because of everything they've lived through this last year. They want to create new habits and new ways of being and not go back to the way things were. So it's really quite exciting. Um, I will, uh, I'll share with you um, my experience with one of my clients um, and see if that doesn't sort of paint a picture <laughs> of, um, of how things, uh, you know, have, have been going. Um, my My client, Paul, was living and working in Washington. He had developed a great team that he'd managed for seven years. He had a wife and kids at home, a boat in a garage, and a very active social life. That was at the beginning of 19. He was busy, but he was, you know, living the life. He never thought that um, in the beginning of 2020, he'd find himself divorced, living in Phoenix, in a two-bedroom apartment with a new job, a new company, and pulling together a new team. He was um, alone, disoriented, and feeling the impact of all of those changes. And then, and then COVID hit. So he was really um, reeling. 
Now, it's easy for him to fall into depression or get into drugs or find any number of other harmful <laughs> habits. And in fact, or, he al- talked or to alcohol. Me about, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he talked to me about, yeah. gosh, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been playing with those things in my head, and they're really scary. So the good news is he he reached out for help, and we started working mm-hmm. together because of all the changes that he was going through, mm-hmm. and that he wanted to get his arms around but what he came to realize and appreciate is that everything that had been that he'd gone through up to that point had brought him to a place where he could create a space for something in his life that he had thought was impossible and for him that was writing a book a technical book about the work that he does his life in Washington had no room for that and, in fact, mm-hmm. he put the idea aside five years earlier when his second child was born. He says, I'm never going to write the book. It's impossible. But now, today, if he stays on track, he'll be doing a book launch this summer. And he's so <laughs> proud of himself. Um, so if we've learned anything from living with COVID, it's, you know, life is short. And none of us want to look back with regret. So if if, you know, you want to change. You want to create a new normal for yourself, whether that's just new habits or new ways of showing up. Um, you know, people can read books. They can listen to podcasts, ask for advice. And while very inspiring, that doesn't always lead to lasting behavioral change. And for that, mm-hmm. I, I believe you need an accountability partner. And whether it's a group like yours where you provide a forum for people to come together or whether it's getting a coach, you need someone who listens mm-hmm. to you and mm-hmm. can listen in a different way, listens for the things that you let stop you, listens for the habits that no longer serve you, Listens for the limiting beliefs that you carry around with you. Someone who will challenge you to think bigger, to take bolder action, and to create that extraordinary life for yourself and your family. Wow. Wow. And there are people out there like you <laughs> that can do that. You know, it's it's interesting to me, you know, when you're talking about the fear I, I think one of the things that, that I read this morning on, on an email that um, I get from a guy, and, and he really talked about how the fear was was um, was put on us by, you know, the media and, and all that has gone on about, about mm-hmm. it. And I'm just, just, you know, hoping that people realize that they can take control of that as you're, as you're talking about it. They have to be able to release that fear in order to move on with their lives. So it, it's kind of an interesting place to to be for some people, and um, you know, it's uh, uh, it's curious as to what these new things are going to be as we look forward. Um, yeah, and my curiosity and is, yeah, is, no, are ahead. you going to write the book? Are you going to write the book? I'm busy as the new lazy. <laughs> well, I uh, y- y- yes. I have I've danced around it for so long. I the the answer is yes. And one of the challenges I have right now is writing. Um, talk about things that I procrastinate on or avoid. I you know made a commitment that I want to write a hundred words a day and let me tell you, sitting in front of a blank computer screen, it a hundred words seems incredibly daunting. But if I set a timer on my phone for five minutes, I can bang out 
stuff for five minutes. And most days I will keep writing even after the alarm goes off. Right. So, again, it, right. you get the motivation once you're in motion. I had, a, I had a client years ago. She came into Mind Masters just simply because she had wanted to write that book. And <laughs> in the brainstorming, we, we just finally got her to realize that she needed to take, take one day out of her week to not focus on her clients and, and focus on the book. And it, in less than three months, it was done. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just, she gave herself that time. She didn't answer phone calls. She didn't talk to clients. And it really, really made a difference for her recognizing how important that is. And, and I think for me, it's, it's taking my Mondays to do the same thing with, with preparing my week. So, you know, mm-hmm. before we get to, we're almost close to the end, I want to ask uh, how you, how, people can get in touch with you, Margo? Well, I, I love working with accomplished, committed leaders. And I invite anyone who's looking for an accountability partner or support in creating a new future for themselves to contact me at margo at greatleadercoaching.com. That's M-A-R-G-O at greatleadercoaching.com. I offer... Um, in a free discovery session. So if anyone would like to experience a coaching conversation, they can reach me there as well, margo at greatleadercoaching.com. Thank you so much. Excellent. Excellent. Um, We'll have a link to your website on the radio show page as well. So um, basically that's all the show for today, folks. I'd like to say thank you to Margo Garcia for being our leading lady today. And special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the United States and internationally, as we are an international show. Uh, We'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio Show, Mondays at 9 and Fridays at 2. Make it a very, very profitable, profitable week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.